Ah, uh, hey, there we go. Are we live? Hey, we're live. We are oh. live. Hold on, I have I've prepared this. <laughs> yes. Good morning and Woody Show. Woo! <laughs> yes. Welcome to the Gospel of Two Wheels, everybody, where the coffee's hot, the bikes are fast, and your comments are absolutely ridiculous. It is awesome to be here with Woodrow from Seat Time. We're back. We're we got back. my mom, Suzanne Spradling. I love you, Mama. She's here. Um, and uh, she's, she wants 20,000 power bands. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Bill O'Neill, what's happening? Um, they're, they're commenting on that because I tried out a new thing. I had a pre-show going. It was my old uh, power band goof-off video like before nice. this. So people would... And Rich Pierce, who's actually in the show, he's like literally right there, but he's watching. Uh, I was about to say, I was like, the way you looked over there, he's like standing behind you, like with his camera. Oh. Like, <laughs> dude, totally. Snake Oiler, Kim Jackson, what is going down? We are here with Woody. Woody just got back from King of the Motos. Tell us what's going down. How did that go, man? Holy crap. So if you guys haven't looked up King of the Motos, definitely go do that. All of the YouTube stuff that I was a part of, that broadcast team, is going to be on the King of the Hammers YouTube channel. But King of the Motos has been around since 2012, right? It is a hard enduro in that sense. Jimmy Lewis was kicking butt with that for a long time. It's still a GPS-based hard enduro, but this is the first time that it's been a part of this growing hard enduro scene. And the scene's grown so much, there's now the U.S. Hard Enduro Series, right? And so... That's the first time that this has been a part of the beginning of that series, which is great for them. I mean, they're going to Hawaii, Page, Arizona. They're coming to West Texas. Then they're going to hit the East Coast. Like, the U.S. Hard Enduro series is growing a lot, and it shows because there were Saturday night when we ended the riders' meeting, there was about 180 riders already registered, ready to rock, um, and 25 of those didn't even make, didn't even finish the prologue. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So uh, Countershocks wants to know, that's uh, Nate Looney, would love to know oh, how yeah. it was meeting Rick Johnson. Okay, okay, okay. Story yeah. time. Yeah, Story start, time. start with how this is happening, because I, I need to know, everybody needs to know the, like what's going on. And by the okay, way, so if you live under a rock and don't know who Ricky Johnson is, you probably should just leave this, Google it, and then come back. Yeah, and they would be like, oh, okay. So... <laughs> Um, the the kind of the wrangler, right? Like for all of us announcer people, broadcast stuff is like sending out all these emails and trying to figure out who's flying and when and like I got to get rides and who's going to pick up who and stuff. She sends me an email. She's like, your pickup person is Ricky Johnson and here's your here's his number. And I, I immediately am like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did she just tell me that Ricky Johnson is the one that's picking me up from the airport? So I text her after that. She's like, yes. So I immediately call my dad. I was like, dad, <laughs> you got to fit. guess who's picking me up from the airport and he's like all this stuff i was like bro ricky johnson he's like what and i was like i know i know ricky johnson's my bitch everybody <laughs> seven time right is it seven time national champion it's something crazy it's, like that. i think it's yeah, yeah, seven yeah. time national champ so like yeah. that's a big deal <laughs> yeah yeah so it was just like, he's like, all right, well, I'm in my green, to you know, Toyota Tacoma or whatever. And I was just like, well, I'm the weird looking guy. And he's like, okay. Like, so he picks me up. I was like, oh, hi, Ricky Johnson. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you say? I mean, like, literally, I was just kind of like, I'm not typically too starstruck. So, but it was just kind of like, so like, is it okay to make this weird? Because it's weird. Like, you're awesome. Like, <laughs> you're so rad. But Can it was funny because you could tell like, he was just like, so who are you? 
<laughs> and I was like, because <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so I'm just like, well, I was like, who am I like in the world? Who am I like with derp? You know, it's like, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I got, you know, there's a lot going on here, right? Yeah. So it was just, I kind of like gave him a little bit of the, the <clears throat> time spiel and stuff, but it was really like, listen, like, I follow Hard Enduro because I love the concept of it. Like, I just haven't found a lot of races within Hard Enduro that I've enjoyed um, because of the way that the bottlenecks form. And I do believe that that's more on promoters and things like that. What I have loved to find, though, is the times now with, like, the guys like Cody Russell and, and his group of guys that I've been riding with more is they go out and find, like, skate spots. You know, like, back in the day when you'd zip around in your skateboard, you'd find a spot, you'd hang out for an hour or two or whatever it was. That is, like, kind of like what they do and, like, what I do with them now. And I've really enjoyed that because it's just kind of has that low-key mentality where it doesn't need to be about a race. It's about the technicality. You're watching other people. You're getting critiques right away. And that's where I'm finding kind of this joy in the hard enduro aspect of it. It's really just technical writing, but call it what you will, right? right. Like um, kind of a thing. Um, so I, I think I think it's awesome to see the sport grow and to be in, and to have so much support behind this series. I know it, it seems like I don't know because I don't know the numbers. It seems like with like the Sky Pixel Media and the sponsors and the stuff that they're doing that there's a lot of money being put into it. Um, but maybe it's just all bro deals and high fives and handshakes. I'm not sure. Maybe it's handies as well. <laughs> <laughs> Reach arounds. So the, yeah. uh, um, it's interesting because last year there was definitely some controversy with the AMA and the U.S. Hard Enduro Series because I, I Morgan Tanky is a friend who lives here, and she, it was it got weird at the end of the season with the TKO got pulled out of its own thing and it, it was the only AMA part of the hard enduro. So Morgan only got to have a U.S. hard enduro number one plate, not an AMA number one plate because it, yeah, that was a really weird deal. And I, I'm, I'm really super bummed that happened because I think it, well, I know it soured some people because I know Morgan and Richard and there were some definite like hard feelings because of that. And I, yeah. <clears throat> I hope that goes away that that yeah. kind of gets forgotten and then they just move forward. The little bit I, I did get, that is part of that is why the premier class got introduced this year. So there's a premier class and then there's a West coast series and then there's an East coast series. And so some of the races obviously from both East and West are going to be in that premier series. And then some aren't like when they're going to Hawaii, you son of a bitch um, for that one, right? That's not a part of the premier series. Now, the little bit I understand, and again, I didn't have like a direct hard conversation about this, but I was picking some things up, is that Eric Pernard with the Tennessee knockout has just always kind of had that as the national AMA, the AMA national hard enduro title, right? Right. Um, but it's because there's never been a series. And from what I, I don't know if it is a legit contract thing. I don't know if it's a, again, a bro deal in the sense that like, yeah, you're going to have that until something better comes along and something has, but now he's through what he's been able to do with the Tennessee knockout has been able to keep that up. But it sounds like the Tennessee knockout is still going to have that this year. And the hope is that with the premier class that they're going to show that this is the premier U.S. hard enduro series and should have the AMA plates behind it right. um, for 2024 and beyond. Nice. Well, that's good. I, Cause that was, it was one of those unfortunate things that happened because it soured some people that, 
it's like, dang it, you know, you just wish it had, you know, that hadn't been the case. Uh, again, I have, I have a question to that. Though. Why does that sour people? Like, you are like, if you raced the U.S. Hard Enduro Series last year in the pro class, and you are number one, who cares if it's an AMA sanctioned win or not? Is that just a? Is that a? It, sponsor pays more money, less money thing or whatever. Yeah, like, it's a sponsor pays more money, less money thing. Uh, as uh, it's in Morgan's situation with beta, um, beta, she didn't get the bonus that she thought she was going to get. Cause she, she was lined up to be, you know, the, well, she was the U S hard enduro champ. Um, right. and she didn't win Tennessee knockout, but it didn't matter because points, she was still going to be the champ for the season. And because it didn't happen, uh, Beta didn't pay her. You know, didn't get her. She didn't get her bonus, and that could be partially on Beta too, right? I mean, it's not just. Oh, absolutely! It's yeah, not yeah. just. A, you know, it's not just the series and the promoters. It's uh, it's more than that. But it but it was a bummer. And and also, I think part of it was the lack of communication because I think a lot of people believed. Right. That it was. And so that it was, it's now AMA. Right, right, right. Right. I think, and again, it was, you know, it's communicate. It's a lot of facets there. So whatever it, no yeah. big deal. Um, obviously she's still very proud to be a U.S. hard Duro champion, all that good stuff, but it does not carry the weight of an AMA national title. Ask Ricky Johnson. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. He's like, so, they might've won the premier event, but they ain't a national champion guys. They ain't. Yeah. I didn't do it. <laughs> Quick, got to say hi to some folks here. Uh, Absolutely. Dirt Bikes Life. Roger Heard, what's happening? Jimmy Nyhart, it is so good to see you here. I need to see you soon. Dat Son, Jesse Lycia, Garrett Anderson, Absolute AMA. I love the been... Rural Delinquent. That's yeah, a rural great delinquent. name. That is a phenomenal name. Two-Stroke Addict, coming in from Australia. Uh, Tony Andrews, not that Jeremy, what's happening? Uh, so, um, so, give us, like... Tell us what you thought about this year's uh, King of the Motos. Like, what were the two races? Because I really didn't pay too much attention other than checking That's out okay. Adam's yeah, so results. they had they they had a prologue which was two miles, and it was I think the fast guys did it in like four and a half. Will Reardon was like just under four thirty, so in the four twenties, right? So it gives you some context. And there were people that were out there for I think almost an hour, right? Like so again, oh. like when you go pros to sea sea riders which is another thing that the U.S. Hard Enduro Series is trying to do, is, is give that full spectrum, right, right. to class to classes and stuff like that. And then they had race one, which um, was a 12-mile loop. Um, and again, like the pros just knocked it out of the park, dude. These guys are just like, you can put whatever you want in front of them and it doesn't matter anymore, right? You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, and then, then there were racers and riders that were out there when we ended the broadcast after three hours that were still out there. And we're like, oh well, the God. sweep crew's out. We're not going to leave them, but we're going off the air. <laughs> like, see you tomorrow. They're like, I hope they make it. Da, 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 da. Like, um, and again, when I talked to all these riders, like the pros were like, it's too easy. But the A guys were like, some of the A guys were like, you know what? I'm liking where this is heading. I understand tomorrow's the real race, blah, blah, blah. And the B and C riders are like, okay, this is, this is what we wanted. And it's like, ah, you know, it's like they're out there for three hours, though. Like, no, that's we want yeah. to be challenged. It's not a national enduro where they're they're like i want to ride fast in the woods you know what i mean right and then they had the final race which was race two so the prologue race one on saturday race two on sunday that's the one where they start up chocolate thunder like if you go to the seat time instagram i've got that reel of them going up there um that's the one where they did two laps so a 12 mile loop and then a 13 and a half mile loop and that extra mile and a half that they added on that second loop like that's what the pros all want more of 
Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. again, when you, when the, when you understand the level that these guys are at and you see it and then you start to talk to them, you're just like, holy mackerel, because there were riders that were out there six hours and didn't finish one lap. Right. Yeah. So it's like the spectrum is so huge. Yeah. And so like already talking with Justin, who was kind of the uh, event organizer for King of the Motos, you know, if everything goes to plan and King of the Hammers has them back next year, um, that he's like, okay, like there will be G like GPS specific pro sections or like pro laps or something like that, that it's going to keep, you know, to, to, to give them more. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's always been one of the things that's kept me from wanting to do a hard enduro and I am going to do the Donner Hard Enduro, everybody. I will be there. Oh, I will want to do that one. That really, ski mountain looks so epic, dude. Yeah, I'm super excited because it's a mountain one. It's not uh, Lucerne. I've raced enough hare and hounds in Lucerne. Obviously not as hard as what they send those guys up. But, man, what, Lucerne is just a hammered, hammered freaking area. And right. <clears throat> so I'm excited to do that. But one of the things that's always kept me away is the bottleneck because it's like, Man, I don't, I don't go race motorcycles to sit and wait. Like, that's not my thing. And I get that it's a complete different mindset. It's not the same game right. as a hair scramble or a national hair. And Garrett, yes, also skill is the thing that's kept me from <laughs> And I hate There that. is that. <laughs> but uh, There is uh, that. But that's both of us. Like, I, I yeah, say yeah. that knowing that I'm right there with you. <laughs> now, like, Well, it's because my skill, I do not have the skill to look at a bottleneck and Cody web that action and go around it. Right. Like, and just, right. like, I don't have that talent. I mean, obviously there's guys out there that do, and that's awesome. I'm not that guy. Uh, but it's always been one of those things. Like I don't want to pay all that money and then go sit in a line uh, to try a section, but it's like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to try it. I got to say I did it once. I'm going to go throw my motorcycle around in the dirt. I got new plastics and graphics coming. So it'll look really good right beforehand and then really bad right afterwards. I, I love it. I love it. I got it. Well, before I have, I have an idea for you, but white Hollywood Enduro, I'm from McKinney. Yeah. And so I should be at that Lubbock uh, snakebite hard Enduro. I think you should have story time. So like, yes. we, like you said, with, uh, with the new plastic, and then you need to have like a, like walk the bike story time of like, Oh, well this was this time. And then yeah. like show the GoPro footage of you like flipping over backwards and stuff. And then it's like, Oh, and this was this thing. And then it's like you eating shit and just rolling downhill. Yeah. Like, I like it. That'll be, that'll be the perfect one. way to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Nyhart come, not me, bro. I'll tip over and take out 20 people. Like, so that's my problem is that I wouldn't sit in the back of the line. I would absolutely try to wheedle my way and be that guy and then knock a whole bunch of guys over. I'm yeah. <laughs> Well, that's how, like, that's because I've done the Tennessee knockout. I did it, like, 13, 14, and 15, like, earlier on, right? And it's, like, once I went the first time, I realized that's the that's what you have to do on the 14. When I went back the second and third year was because you were doing multiple laps. And so by the time you get to one of the places that you've already cleared, it doesn't matter that you cleared it easy or even had a tough time the second time. Now the, the bottleneck's there. And so you're, right. like, I'm on my second lap. Screw you guys. You just get wide and start zipping through people and they bitch and complain, but it's like in the long run, they're okay. Kind of like waiting for their turn. And it's just like, that's, that's not what moves us forward. You right. know what I mean? It's like, and that's what we need to do. We need to move forward. So it's tough. And you just kind of have to figure that kind of stuff out and, you know, make the decision that you're going to make. Yeah. Rob tool is like, I like the two different difficulty loops. I think that's great. Like I said, and what you were talking about having pro only GPS sections and, 
obviously, if anybody has ever run a race before, you know how much complexity one extra loop would add, like minus, you know, C, B, A, and Pro. Like, that would be yeah. mind-numbing. I mean, just to try to score that race and try to get all that would be... But, I mean, it would be cool, but it's definitely... I've, yeah. I've always thought it'd be kind of neat to have more than one series. Like, there's the Premier Series, like the U.S. Hard Enduro. And then it would be neat to have, like, a lower... Like, a farm team, you know? It's like the farm series, like, right. to get there. And, tr I don't know, whatever. There's, all these things yeah, cost more money than I have, so... Yeah, I, I hear that... So, a lot of people have told me that the Sear Series does a really good job on the East Coast when it comes to, like, this bronze, silver, and kind of gold level. That's what they call, like, their ABC, which I think is, like, based off of Romaniacs. Yeah. Because um, that's the same way that they differentiate their classes in that race. Um and, and I've been told that they do a really good job of, of making sure that, like, again, that gold gets gold, silver gets silver, and that bronze gets bronze. And so it lessens the bottlenecks because of that. Right. Well, not, I haven't had a yeah. chance to do one, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. I had friends that went to Romaniacs, and they, they're, they're very, very good riders, but, and they entered the gold class. And it was like, uh, I mean, and Eric Roten, is I mean he's qualified for national motocross. He's he's been right. fourth at a national enduro cross. I mean he, the guy is legitimately one of the best riders I've ever seen in my life. And he said I've never been so scared in my life walking yeah. a motorcycle. Like I've walked, yeah. never been so afraid walking a bike down a hill. It was just like, yeah, no. And yeah, yeah um, Nate, never wait. Go ahead, race. Nate, just have, never wait for your turn. A race is not a place for manners. Agree, a hundred percent. Uh, it reminds me of a time I got taken out, which we'll tell that in a second. If you want to hear about Romaniacs from the silver class, which Nick Ferringer won last year um, in 2020 and then went back in the gold in 2021, he was on the Seat Time podcast 22.10. So it was the October episode. And it's it's an awesome conversation. Like, And we get into like the crazy weird stuff of like, go into that event because you're just kind of like finding people to drive you around at some point. It's almost like, you're trying to find like an Uber rider for dirt bikes, you know, when yeah. it comes to like, <laughs> like how to work your way around Romania, you know, and, and he's got some great stories in that episode, but he talks specifically about what you just said, where silver was awesome. He loved it. He won silver. He went back to gold and he's like, the level was so much higher than I thought it was going to be the gap. And I'm right. like, that's Nick Barringer telling yeah. us that. Like, yeah. That's he's a, he's a manimal on a motorcycle. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's out of it's yeah, I yeah. Anyway, oh, I think now rad. I know if I ever do go do it and get into the Uber driver for dirt bikes in Romania, that it's going to be I'm going to do the bronze <clears throat> class, and not because I want a sandbag, but it's like at this point, like that scares the crap out of me. I might want to enjoy this vacation versus like get my butt handed to me. And then you know, if I do decent in the sense that I enjoy it, then it's like okay, then try the silver. But yeah, I have a friend that raced bronze, and he is really really talented um on a dirt bike he's an older guy like me you know and and so he's not some young kid but he he's incredibly good on a dirt bike and he rode bronze and did not win i think he he did really well he was like top 20 uh but he's like dude it was all i wanted i didn't want and I, i'm telling you like this is the guy that when you talk about sessioning a little zone like yeah. you know, he's like oh yeah i'll do that and he'll like huck up these huge walls and he's like yeah no that's for real the bronze class is for real 
Yeah. So. And that's good enough for me. You know, I, yeah. I, and I'll own that. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm not saying I'm going to win. I'm saying I'm going to try to finish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But there's the, always the iron class, um, which maybe maybe that'll be more fun. <laughs> Just ride around in yeah. a field. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You and your you and your metallurgy. Yeah. So when when you're talking about chocolate thunder, have they ever considered naming one of them sexual chocolate? Like one of, <laughs> one of the zones <laughs> makes me think. Because is it, that coming to America? I'm pretty sure that's coming to America. <laughs> The yes, band, um, and it also makes me think of the <clears throat> chef though from South Park, and he's like, yes. "Suck my chocolate salty ball." Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like one thing after another where we're <laughs> just, where we're going with this. We need Isaac Hayes. We need Woody and Isaac Hayes announcing, emceeing the event next year. <laughs> <laughs> there, and you be... could see that motorcyclist riding up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, what is going on in Texas right now for you? What do you just rebuilt your motor? Yeah, uh, that was and an it experience. hasn't blown up yet. It hasn't blown up yet. Yeah, <laughs> like we went through such a the past couple of days. I flew in and I thought my flight was gonna get canceled. Right, coming back from um, King of the Motos because of all this the the winter vortex that we've been having here. You know, when when ice hits the ground in Texas, everybody freaks out. Like let's oh, yeah. just, but for good reason because we're just not prepared. Right, like our ecosystem isn't prepared for it. So we've been stuck inside with kids not going to school and all of this stuff because icy roads. But, dude, yeah, you and uh, Nate from Sherco, North Texas, were so stinking helpful during that Sherco rebuild because that, like, and again, I made a video. You guys are in the video because you guys deserve to be in the video. And that was not a, like, I'm a master mechanic. Watch how to do this. It's like, I'm learning as I'm going because it's like, this has been a long time. Um, and I hope it comes across that way. And it's so funny to see some of the comments that I've been getting about cleaning my bike more. But here dude. we are um but yeah that was dude that was gnarly man that power valve was like legit stuck it was broken and then it was also so the actuator was broken and the power valve was stuck it was so gunked up it was only like well and it it did not help and i'm just gonna go and make this shirko joke that it has sure sure can't sure can't there it is it is sure can now it is a sure can now uh, it was a sure can't for a little bit, but that is the weirdest. Not okay, it's not the weirdest, but it's top five weirdest power valve setups I've ever seen. So that did not help you with being by yourself going into that. Like if that had been uh, pretty much any other modern two-stroke, you'd have been like, oh, it would totally would have made a lot more sense. And since yeah, and apparently like the that's the last year that they have. So it's a it's a electronic controlled power valve right in the sense that like it's you could like reprogram the power valve actuator but it's like cable the way it connects is cable to the to the actuator and i think it's like the 2018 factory models came with the actual electronic power valve right which is what you see on the shirkos now and now you're seeing them on the ktms and stuff like that um dude what a what a nightmare that was not and so rob tool Gotta twist it more, bro. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I, so I've ridden with Woody. He twists it pretty good. Uh, it, it's not, that will not, I, I usually like to blame uh, carbon and drool and things like that on people's right wrist. That is not the situation in that Shirko. That, was, that is a poor design of a power valve. Like, 
that is not a good design of a power valve. Like not and not just the yeah. the cable with the servo. That's whatever. Uh, Honda did that forever ago. Big deal. Um, but you know, yeah, that's not that big a deal. It's the the uh, you guys should watch the video. If you haven't watched the video, go to Seat Time here on YouTube. Check it out. You'll see. It's a weird mechanism, and it's yeah. Uh, yes, Garrett. It does sound very French. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's very French. It's very French. But it was just, uh, and it's funny too, because my dad's got tons of comments and stuff, and he was like, "Well, it looks like you've had uh, uh, some water leakage," because he's like, he was like detailed in. He was looking at the carbon buildup on the top of the piston, and he's like, "If you look at the top of the piston on the back left side, you know, it's clear, it's clean, right? You right. don't have carbon buildup." And then he's like, "If you look." When you flipped over the the back top of the head, he's like you could see where it was clean there too and stuff. And he's just like he's like you that gasket had probably been leaking for a long time for that amount of clean to be there when there was so much other carbon buildup and stuff. And I was just like, listen, just the bike hasn't blown up yet. Please stop judging me. Like, yes, I waited eight hundred hours too long. It's official. Like. <laughs> How many that's hours a, were on that? How many hours? I did. It was like a, it was over two hundred for sure. Yeah, that's way too much. You gotta yeah. not do that again. That's a yeah, bad decision. You got that right. That's a I bad decision. That, I did that once on my twelve three hundred, basically as a just a longevity test. I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna do a top end until I need to do a top end, like till something changes. And I I did that. I had like almost three hundred hours on that bike, and. I went riding on the plateau with some friends and had been running fine. And then that day, all of a sudden, it was like I had to ride it like a 125. I just had to clutch it and just keep it revved up. And, you know, as who does that? It's a 300. Like, it, it's yeah. changed. But I'm like, I'm riding anyway. <laughs> riding like a 125, whatever. I get done. I'm like, I should probably take this apart. Took it apart, and the piston was cracked from, like, almost the rings down. And the skirt was, like, just about to come off and go through. Oh, the it was, so it would have it would have just oh. like pooped everything. Yeah, it was gonna be bad, and I I got lucky. I just put a piston in; it was fine. So I'll never do that again, like ever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna. Well, I don't know. I say that <clears throat> one of these days I'm gonna blow a bike up on purpose for YouTube. I'm just gonna hold one wide open and then take it apart and show people what it looks like when you do that. Yeah, uh, I just gotta find the right bike to do that, like that I don't care about. I don't know. It's going to, I got to make a lot more money on YouTube. You're going to do that. Just hurts my heart. Like I'm riding my 2018 Sherco cause I have to, not because I want to, <laughs> like I want a newer bike so bad and you're just going to go blow one up for YouTube. I know, but it'll be so cool. Cause like, I think I can't it, disagree with you though. It'll be super cool to see what melts and stuff like that. Um, does that bike get a crack at the death? Oh yeah, are you coming back? Are you bringing the, the French bike back to the death march this year? I, I want to, but gosh darn it, I don't want to drive 15 hours in one day, try to ride all day, you know, the 800, 180 miles and then drive 15 hours again. So I don't know, I don't know, I want to try, yeah. Well, we should probably, wow, we should just plan it. Well, it's the second weekend in September every year. So like right. you can already plan it now. And then you should just, we should come out, bring the family, come out, do a fall Colorado thing with the family, do the death march, and then, you know, then go home, you know, make Tamar drive. <laughs> Listen, I can't move. Morgan killed me. You're going to have to drive. My part hurt. 
don't touch me. Don't touch me. That'll be the first time in my life I will probably look at her and be like, you're not getting any for a week. <laughs> Just that right there. That's yeah. it. Like, listen, all of this needs to heal, okay? And then, and then two days later, you're like, never mind. I was lying. <laughs> I was lying. She's like, oh, no, it's too late. The uh, uh, Easton Reef shop night still at 6 o'clock tonight. Yes, uh, quick yeah, update. If you're watching this, shop night is at 6 o'clock. There'll probably be people showing up. Well, Rich is already here. Um, <clears throat> he's got his bike that's sad. Uh, he, he's another guy, Woody, that I keep trying to poke into a new bike. I'm like, you should maybe just just a new bike. <laughs> but I get it. It's hard. It's they're stupid expensive. Yeah. They're I mean, just ridiculous at this point in time. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm trying to buy a new fence and like, because of just the way our thing's shaped and all the stupidness in that, it's like $11,000. And I'm like, what Whoa. are we doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that sucks. Um, let's see different manufacturers. Oh, Rob tool. I see a challenge here between different. I love that idea. Yeah. I, I really do too. And, uh, Roger heard, if he's still here, his dad is, uh, was Steve heard who was a, world famous uh, desert racer anyway nice amazing and also in fact uh roger if you're watching this uh bob hannah mentioned your dad on the whiskey throttle uh podcast which is super cool. uh yeah. steve had a uh a dealership a, a, a cowie maybe yamaha too roger tune in I, I chime in and bob was like yeah man like back before he was bob hannah he was right. buying bikes from Steve Hurd, which is super rad. Um, it, yeah, super cool. But uh, they had a Cowie. He also worked for Kawasaki, like, development. They had right. a Kawasaki that they held, they pinned it wide open, just backed away from it, and it wouldn't blow up. It just kept running and running and running. It wouldn't seize. They finally had to start throwing things into the carburetor. And they, <laughs> they finally threw uh, washers and nuts and bolts and just exploded it. But, like, it wouldn't die. So I'm interested to see, and someone said not the game changer. I think honestly, that would be the bike to do it. If I had, yeah. if I knew I could get parts, I might actually do it like soon. If I could, if I could get part, the problem is I ordered a top in for the thing like a month and a half ago and it's still not here. So I don't want to blow it up and then not get, be able to ride it, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, blowing up anything. I love uh, Garrett Aronson had a great idea that you should ride your 650 on the death march. I've so, okay, Garrett. If you do it on something ridiculous like that, I'm in. I've considered doing it on the 650 numerous years, and I've always backed off because I'm a sissy. But maybe maybe we could talk about that. Ooh, you know who we need to get is Mark Odet, Meeker Extreme. Someone reach out to Meeker Extreme. That dude backed out on doing five miles of hell with me on him. And I did oh. it by myself. Well, I was with friends, but I did it only guy on the 650. So, yeah, someone poke Mark Odet. Um, poke the bear? Yeah. Seat time. Do you think the snake bite hard girl will have some of the T-sec lines incorporated into that race, or is it a whole different area? Man, so here's my thing. I, I wish I had a good answer for you. I don't know. I could start asking some questions for sure, but if I were to have any assumption, and I don't want to say this out loud, but I'm just going to say it because it's me being honest, is that if a traditional enduro club is putting on a hard enduro, it's probably going to be too easy because when most promoters nowadays think hard enduro they think hard relative to what they understand is difficult not truly understanding the capabilities of the riders these days right and as dumb as it sounds like they're probably not on instagram right like watching this shit that these guys practice to be ready 
for the harder stuff, right? Like, right. and so I'm hoping that they just like throw everything at it. And cause if you look at like Kirkpatrick's land and all the places, the basin group that just had the red Canyon Enduro and everything like that, they have the capabilities to put on some gnarly shit. Um, I just am afraid that they're not going to understand that that's actually what these riders want. They don't want a hard, long Enduro. They want an extremely technical, almost to the point where I need to get a riding buddy to help me with my bike obstacle driven event. You know what I mean? And so my assumption is that they don't understand that. And, and I want to be proven wrong, to be honest. Um, so I'll start asking some more questions and see if we can find out. Yeah. Do you know, is it, I mean, do you know who's putting that? I mean, I know it's a U.S. hard enduro, but do you know what club is? Yeah, it's the Lubbock it Trail Riders. Okay. Because, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's no way. They just don't get it. Like, I don't get it either. Like, I haven't been there. And I, I like you said, like the death march is a long, hard day. But, you know, Cody Webb would dance through that like it was, I mean, it would be like a smooth ribbon of pavement for those guys. You know? Oh, check out what Rob Tool said, that JoJo's been asked to help make the Texas round worthy. Again, JoJo's done them right jojo tool and if jojo tool and riders like that do get involved that would be the way to do it like come in and but and again the hope is that they would listen and they don't think that like he's like a kid coming in with bad ideas it's like no 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 like someone like jojo tool will help them make a very um u.s hardened duro worthy event so that would be great if he does get involved or other riders like that that would be cool yeah also if they added punji sticks and real death-defying stuff. <laughs> I've always... We need to bring back the Dakar of old days where the Bedouins were shooting at people. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as yeah. they rode through the Oh, desert. dude. Paintball. I mean, how much... Oh, you want hard girl, bitch? Come, come on, on, paintball. Dude. <laughs> goggles just totally blitz. They can't see a Murdered. thing. And just like... Murdered. Neck shots. Like, ah! <laughs> that would be... Okay. That's going to happen. What would be worse, cactus, cactus, or uh, paintball? Oh, I no, I say paintball because you can zip one in there. Like, I yeah, paintball's way worse. I think. Like, See, well, the reason why I'm wondering if cactus would be worse is because cactus it's like three months later, and all of a sudden you're like got a needle coming out of your oh, arm. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's like, like they like hang out and like f with you, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just ruining your day for months. Like. <laughs> No, I, that's a good idea. We should, I've been thinking of doing like a... I'm not testing one. that, Morgan. You're not yeah. putting me through the gauntlet, okay? I am. I'm absolutely... If I come to Colorado, I'm not doing the paintball cactus challenge. When you, when you, next time you come to Colorado and you walk up to the shop, you will be met <laughs> with so many paintballs. Just, it's going to be hard I'm to like, get into why, the shop. Yeah. Like, why... Why is it, why is you and out here with a camera? Shit! Oh, ah! God, dude. Like, I know why. Yeah. And then there'll be like beaver traps you're stepping in. Cause the, no, like I've, I've yep. been thinking about doing a biathlon on dirt bikes with guns. Like, so, uh, like where you have to ride really hard and then get off and then shoot targets and ride really hard. Cause that's, oh, like, yeah. that would be yeah. so much fun. And we could like have a, we could do the, um, skeet version of it at my house like so we could have shooting there and then go ride the adobes and come back so people on youtube let me know if you're into that because we i have enough ground to do skeet shooting as part of the thing i don't know about like 
pistols and rifles and stuff like that, but we should have, yeah, it'd be cool. And then Here's Sandy my Smith. thing. It's like the only thing that's tough about your spot is like we can't, like, though I love the idea, I want to figure out how we can make this work, is that we need it to be single track or like something that is like heart rate worthy, right? Like something that's really right. going to like bring the heart rate up because that's the hard part that's hard to settle for like a biathlon and what makes those like so yeah. hard, right? Is to try to like breathe through and shoot well, through so, your heart yeah. rate being spiked. So, so I've, we've got access to the pasture next to us though. We could do like a trials kind of course yeah. and then come over and shoot. So it's like, it wouldn't be like riding single track. That would be super fun. The problem with that is obviously the distance and then shooting on public land, which is fine, but also like in a sanctioned event, it probably gets a little bit weird with insurance, but at the yeah. house, you could have like a whole bunch of crazy obstacles and like, ah, and then you got to jump off and shoot. It'd be so much fun. So it I could, think, you yeah. could build up a small enduro cross like thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. or yeah. do like a figure, do like a figure eight and be like, you got to do 10 laps on the figure eight and then you got to shoot and then you got to yeah. do 10 laps the other way on the figure eight. And then you got to shoot, you know what I mean? And then it's yeah. like, it's like right there. Or we um, could have multiple people on the figure eight. So it's like figure eight racing. So they're ooh, <laughs> crossing. Ooh. Awesome. Trying to shoot each other. They're like, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> that's where the paintball stuff comes Dude, in. That's where the paintball. Paint, paintball while riding would be epic too. Like, yeah. so left-handed paint. Yeah. Okay. We're going to work on it. Guys, if you're watching this, know that something ridiculous is coming <laughs> and Woody is going to be the test. It's a horribly subject. great idea. <laughs> yeah. Woody will be the test subject. Right. I'm bringing way more protective gear than I normally wear when I ride. I, I got enough time right now. I might just drive to Texas and shoot you with a paintball <laughs> as you walk out of your house <laughs> and film it like awesome. hard bitch. <laughs> yeah. You wanted a YouTube short. Here you go. You're like, you just turn right around and keep going. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I gotta say, I know I can see people behind you getting ready to come to your shop thing. If yeah. so, Zach Osborne and I blew yes. up the internet. Yeah, Instagram. So I did a podcast with him right before, uh, like right before I went to King of the Motos. So it went out yesterday, February first. So that that one, if you listen to podcasts, go listen to that Zach Zach Osborne podcast. It's epic. But in that, he shares that on on an hourly basis of time on the frame of the bike their tech their um sorry their torque specs would change yeah. right and he's talking about like three newton meters and stuff like that that would change as the frame hours into its time of being ridden and that little section that he shared i pulled out as a reel and put it on instagram dude it's insane it's been shared over a thousand times it has like like oodles of comments and it's almost like a 80,000 views or something ridiculous on Instagram. But yeah. dude, it is like, it has brought out all of the trolls on, oh, the, yeah. on this side and on this side. And again, if, even if you don't listen to the podcast, go listen and then just read through the comments because it is hilarious. And I'm like, bro, like he's, he's literally one of the top <laughs> racers in the world. Like, and you're going to tell me that he's wrong? Like <laughs> WTF mate. Like, yeah. Well, and he's he's working with he's had factory rides. These are yeah. factory mechanics. These aren't like me working on your bike, uh, <laughs> or Woody. Or but like, <laughs> no, this is like that's what I know. I saw. I didn't. I haven't read through the comments. I watched the thing, and I was like, I was fascinated. I'm like, no way. Those guys are changed. That's crazy. You know, in my mind, I'm like, that's nuts to be that sensitive, to know 
the, to feel the flex in the frame and all that stuff. That's just like hard for my brain to understand because I don't. Yeah. You know, I'm like whatever. And so that was cool. But now I got to watch the comments because I can only imagine like yeah. people and their ridiculous. The podcast was awesome. Like, and, and I don't mean this to like, like because you're aware awesome. of my own skirt, right? Yeah. It's like like I re-listened to it and I was just like reinvigorated in the great like. I just feel like somehow him and I just had this really awesome flow. And so the content was just like, boom. And he, again, he's got so much knowledge. He's digging into some of the same things that I'm very interested in when it comes to mindset and flow state and all this stuff. So we just kind of like zippity da doodad through this like great thing. So again, like I loved, loved listening to it for a second time. And that was, and I was the one who recorded it. Do you think you guys will be holding hands the next time you go to the movies? I would love that and would be totally okay with that. But the thing is, is he's like six inches shorter than me. So it's probably going to look weird. It's that's all right. That's okay. <laughs> right on. Hey, I better boogie. Speaking of the shop night. Thank you guys so much. Woody. Thank you. I very much appreciate you being here. Um, we'll Absolutely. have the next Morgan and Woody show guys. Just so you know, if you're watching this live or uh, later, we will be continuing the Morgan and Woody shows all year. Uh, we're going to try to make this more regular. We should talk about that. We'll talk after this on uh, like a monthly thing or something. And um, I like that. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, Brayman, that's Dave Brayman from Southeast Wyoming. Good to see you. Garrett Anderson, what's up? Punk Rock Club, you guys are my favorite. I like you, love you way more than I love everyone else on earth. Woody, I love you too. You guys Thanks, have buddy. a great day. Woody, uh, leave us with some dad advice final words of dad advice for the rest of the planet killed children are their own person make sure you nurture them as a person and not try to recreate you within them boom i like it i like it very much guys i love you we'll see you on the next one hey